This is Andaki Chisme, two sisters, one podcast. We're coming together to archive the stories of undocumented people while decolonizing Chisme. I'm your host, Andaki Chingona, and I am your host, Andaki Therapist. And this is Andaki Chisme. Hello, hello, Andaki Chismoses, and welcome to episode of Andaki Chisme. We are super excited for today's episode, just like any other episode, as we are bringing you today an amazing um, badass. Uh, you know, we were both we are both super excited to have had the opportunity to share space uh, with this amazing entrepreneur. But before we introduce who this amazing entrepreneur is, uh, we do want to share, you know, some chronicles of an immigrant child. As you know, this is a um, part of our of today's conversation. So, uh, Myra, I don't know if you have one a chronicle you want to share with us today. I don't know if this is specifically a chronicle, but something that I've come to realize is that I don't remember a lot of things from my childhood, um, especially my older years as a teen. Um, after I arrived here in the U.S., early uh, 20s, I, I don't remember a lot of things. And I think it has to do with that trauma response that a lot of us uh, experience and that dissociation. So dissociation is when you kind of check out, como que se te va el avión, um, that type of thing where you your body is physically there, but your mind is somewhere else. Um, and I think that that happens a lot. That happened a lot to me, uh, especially during my childhood years. And there is certain times, uh, certain things like, for example, the other day I mentioned to you, Maria, that I wanted to retake skating because I really love skating as a child. And when I mentioned child, it was in my um, probably about 10 years old, 10 to 12, when we were in Mexico. And we got those skates, uh, roller skates, um, as a Christmas present. And so I, I remember loving those days. And when I got an ad for skating, for skates, um, I was like super excited about it. And I mentioned to you, oh, I remember skating in Mexico. And we would spend hours and hours on our roller skates. And then you told me, oh, we did it here in the U.S. too when we were when we first arrived. And I'm like, no, we didn't. And you said, yes, we did. Remember, we were here and we used to go on the street and um, we had a pretty big uh, front yard, but without, you know, without flowers or anything, it was just like plain concrete and we were able to skate in there. And I remember the house, but I do not remember me skating. And so part of my inner child work consists of filling in those gaps and taking care of that inner child. And I bought some skates and they Ooh. arrived a couple of weeks ago and I have not been able to open them. Uh, every time I look at the box, I feel like crying and I have not been able to open them. I do not know why. I don't know if those tears are of happy tears or if they're just sad tears. I don't know what it is, but I get overwhelmed and I really want to make space for those feelings. I don't want to just um, not 
have the space for me to open it and fully cry and notice when I'm feeling and crying and noticing if it's because of joy or if it's because of um, sadness. I don't know what it is, but I want to make space. And so for me, that's something that I haven't shared with many, this association, this not remembering things. And I feel so bad. I feel so guilty, especially when there's people in those high school years that I forget. And it's not an intentional thing that I do. I don't mean to forget those people. But I wish more people understood that we don't remember, not because we don't want to, not because we didn't want to be fully present, but because we simply, uh, our fight or flight response or, you know, that trauma didn't allow us to be fully present. And I'm just trying to be kinder to myself. I'm trying to be, to continue to do that inner child work, taking care of that inner child. Uh, I'm hoping to be able to share with you all. I'm going to record it to see how it goes. Um, see and share with you that that moment, um, hopefully to inspire you all to also take care of your inner children. We oh, are here, here for you. that. We are totally here for that. Like when you said that, like you couldn't even open the box. I didn't know that. So I'm like yeah. sitting back and I'm like, oh, hold it in. Um, you know, I I would tell you, I would I would go and skate with you and open the box with you, but I you know, part of that story is I fell on my ass, well, front face, and I do not want to touch skates ever since. <laughs> that was like part of the reason why we gave up skating, because I felt like front face first, I hit my lip, like I was bleeding. And, you know, as immigrants, we don't have health care. So we're like, yeah, we can't do this again, because if one of us gets hurt, like we can't afford it. Um, and I think you know, one of the chronicles that I have is that like um, income, I guess we can call it, um, mm -hmm. because I used to like hold a lot of resentment towards my parents for not being able to purchase us a lot of things, but me not understanding the why. And like, you mm -hmm. made me think back of how my dad used to like <laughs> send things to Mexico or like... Mm -hmm when you and I like wanted to like pursue an you know education like we had to pay for like everything but then I don't know if you know I don't know if this is a chronicle um I don't um but you just made me think of of that of how like grow growing up you know like I was the other day I was with my mom so um, we are in the process of like, now that I'm a citizen, my, I'm in the process of like potentially being my dad's sponsor. So we're gathering all of the information that we need, right? And as we were looking for photos to find evidence of like his, you know, arrival, things like that. Um, like I saw a photo of like young me when I loved school, when like my first years in the U.S. and like I was getting all these diplomas and stuff like that and then how I became so angry when I found out that I was undocumented but not only that but also like the the income part of it of not being able to like afford things right and like my dad um, trying to somewhat be supportive but not knowing how but also like making us pay for things because he believed that that was our way of um, having that financial responsibility yeah but also the 
like that gratitude of find like being able to take care of our own selves like that independency but it didn't come through as that but now it's like oh I get it now like and thank you for that like even Mm -hmm. though I hated that growing up or you know because there was a time where like I couldn't afford my books but you were working at a warehouse and like you're like here here's three hundred dollars go pay your for your books and I'm like like but dad should be able to like give us that money right or finance that or like one time I got in in an argument with him and like you you were always like calming me down of like just don't argue with him like just let it be because you didn't want to see me angry um not necessarily because you didn't want me to feel those emotions but it was like it's not worth it it's not worth your energy right um so like one time I remember like I went off on him for that like I wanted a laptop and he had sent a laptop to Mexico or something like that and you know that whole thing so it just makes me think of like how a lot of immigrant children share how their parents have been very financially supportive of them Mm -hmm. and I'm not saying my parents were not but they were financially supportive in other ways I don't know how to describe it honestly I know that I I can understand that feeling this and that because I think it's it it all goes and I think it's all very valid I understand you saying I understand my my dad trying to make us financially responsible to be independent um to know that we're able to get things on our own at the same time I'm still salty I had to struggle a little more just because he wanted to teach me a lesson yeah or because I don't think in my opinion I don't think we need to experience certain situations in order to learn something so I don't think that my dad needed to put us through this financial scarcity mindset Mm -hmm. in order to be able to be um strong independent women that Mm -hmm. are able to fend for ourselves regardless of if we have partners if Mm -hmm. we want to go on our own it doesn't matter what we want to do in our life we can do it but and at the same time I do understand that that is his only way that he knew how to teach us so it's a again it's a this and that um And at the same time, it feels so good. So it feels so good. This transition of when we were little, um, I remember my dad got that Disneyland annual pass. Oh, yeah. At the time, it was so expensive Mm -hmm. for my dad to buy six, to buy six, because we're a family of six, six annual passes. And that he would take us like every weekend <laughs> to get the most out of that past. And I remember one, you know, see other typically white kids going into the stores and, you know, people living with big old bags of things mm-hmm. that they would buy in there. You know, those cute Minnie Mouse ears or Mickey Mouse hats 
or other, you know, many things that we wanted to see. Um, they had this autograph signature. Yeah, I always wanted one of those. There. <laughs> and we would go with the, our 99 cent store little notebooks so that the characters would sign them for us. And I remember that he got... It was a part of the process, not even looking at the stores. It was just so normal to go into the park and take our own food, our own drinks. Yeah. I never got even a water bottle from there. Nope. A churro. Who's that? We don't know her. We don't know her. <laughs> um, you know, like those things that people talk about a lot. I didn't know any of those things. And as I became more a little more financially stable mm -hmm. I did not want to spend on anything I did go back to Disneyland and I never went to the store I never bought anything I kept taking my sandwiches and the, I recently I recently went and it just felt so good to go into the store and buy whatever I wanted to buy mm -hmm. and knowing that I can do this I can go into the store buy myself that little book buy myself those ears that are hella expensive for what they are but I'm gonna wear them and I'm gonna go out and I'm gonna take my own child and not continue with those cycles of we don't have enough mm -hmm. there's no money for that you cannot ask for anything I cannot buy you that um, if you want it you work for it um, which in different ways, I'm hoping to to teach my own mm -hmm. child to fend for herself and at the same time to not limit her mm -hmm. because it is a struggle to go from that scarcity mindset into going to the abundance mindset. It's so, so difficult and I'm struggling so hard still with if I really want something, I'm like, no, I'm not getting it. If I want to treat myself, oh no not you know um, I need to really earn it and it's like no my existence means just because I exist it means that I deserve something and it's okay to think that that way a lot of people think of it as como se dice um, just like being a privileged as person thinking that we deserve things because we exist and I know older generations really think that that's the wrong thing to go about life but hell no, we've struggled mm -hmm. enough. Life makes us struggle. Different institutions, different systems makes us struggle. So I don't think we should add onto that struggle. Um, so if we, if we are able to take care of ourselves, if we were able to treat ourselves, if we are able to somehow, we're not able to go back in time, but we can do that work now by taking care of our inner children. That's yes. what I think. I don't know about you. But. All of that. I am in total agreement with you. Like, you know, if your finances allow it, treat yourself. Mm -hmm. Like that's the thing that I take from. I don't even know what show that was. I should know, but whatever. Like, right. <laughs> thank <Personal>. you. 
like that i i only watch parts of that show but i did watch that episode the treat yourself day and i was like yes we need more of those i i need to i need to schedule um treat yourself dates with like people around me where we just you know you want a purse treat yourself (laughs) you want a churro treat yourself Uh, because I already I already naturally um do that uh again I think it goes back to that childhood uh mindset of like no hay dinero like we don't have money Mm -hmm. um which again I'm not saying we did no we were broke af you know my parents were really good at with their finances, mm-hmm. uh, managing their finances. I wish that's the, that's the way they would have gone about teaching us, um, you know, about finances. Like, this is how you are financially independent. Like, this is what you need to learn. This is how you build credit. This is what credit means. Um, you know, not the you have to earn it type of situation because I'm still bitter about not getting Jordans from my parents, from my Jordans having to come from my brother, from my books having to come from my sister. Um, and I understand that they were also trying to build that those relationships between us siblings of like, if anything goes to shit, you have each other, right? Which I appreciate. I'm not saying like, but it's still a little bit of bitterness to that and it's that little those experiences that I won't forget right um so like I know that in the last episode I shared like one of the things that I try to explore is like my writing so like as you were sharing like I pulled out my little books uh from like the old uh, migrant writing circle that I used to participate in and I was like wait I remember writing something about this so I did Um, okay okay how about you can share some of it now. And then mm-hmm. at the end, I always share a quote. You can read something from there too. How yeah, I can, I can. It's really short. I think I can. Maybe we can end this episode with that, with this piece. So we'll do that. But for now, um, we will go ahead and introduce our speaker. Um, our speaker today, like we said, we are super excited to have her, um, to have had her share space with us because this episodes are pre-recorded. So um, shout out to Undocu CEO for being with us, um, you know, on this episode today. Um, Jessica Catalan, also known as Undocu CEO, she, her, ella, is a Mexican Black and Indigenous immigrant who, despite her undocumented status, is the owner and partner of multiple successful companies in the U.S. and Mexico. She is a self-taught graphic artist, investor, and entrepreneur who has dedicated her journey, story, and success to her community. She is an advocate for social justice and mentor to immigrants looking to open or expand their small business. And with that, let's dig in. But before we dig in, I want to, we want to give you a content warning as this episode mentions violence, sexual assault, and immigration trauma. We recommend you to please um, listen mindfully. If you need to stop and take care of yourself, please do that. Um, If you want to continue listening in, that is great as well. We are so looking forward to hearing more from Andaki CEO. She's a freaking chingona, badass. I cannot say enough about her and her pure existence is a light in our community's lives. 
And yeah, now let's dig in. Thank you so much for being with us today, Jessica. Uh, we are super excited to be interviewing you. Um, we really appreciate your time, um, your energy, you know, for, for our listeners. Um, it's early in the morning. I'm just, well, it's 8.30, but it's still early for me. <laughs> We were just having a discussion that we're not morning people, um, but we are going to make this work for you all um, regardless. So, um, Jessica, before, you know, we dive into the deeper questions, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, maybe your age, home country? Um, how old were you when you arrived to the U.S. and if you still have an undocumented status? Okay. So first of all, thank you guys for having me. Um, I really admire you both. And uh, well, one of the things that made me say, I, <laughs> como, como? I'm like, we'll be famous. Yes. Sorry, I interrupted. Sorry. Yes, <laughs> yes, you are. You know, and uh, one of the things that, that made me say, um, I want to do this with them is that, uh, it's just so open, like it just feels so natural. And you guys are so inspiring. Um, I see you and I'm like, I want to be like that when I grow up. Though <laughs> I'm older, I'm pretty sure I'm older. <laughs> no, a ver, vamos a hablar de edades. Edades, I am 33. Wait, you're so much grande que tú. No, no I'll way. I'm 35 in a couple of months. <laughs> you're like 27. Por eso nadie me toma en serio. Like, I, I like younger in a professional world is like, people are vicious. And if they see you vulnerable, if they see you young, if they see you, you know, being a woman, if mm -hmm. they see you using humor in the professional world, they think that you know nothing or that mm -hmm. you're not professional enough. That fucking sucks. But we really appreciate you, Jessica. I appreciate those words. It's hard to take those compliments. It's like, I like... Thank you. I know. <laughs> I know. I know. That's that's why I give them because I know how hard it is to actually celebrate yourself and to acknowledge your own accomplishments, you know, tus, tus virtudes. Es un poquito difícil a veces aceptarlas because it's like, I've always been in survival mode and it's like accomplishment. Okay, next. What's next? What's next? We forget to celebrate, you know, our accomplishments or to even like stop and look in the mirror and say, que chingona que soy, you know, and that's why whenever someone tells us, um, you know, I admire you, uh, it feels weird because we're like, for what? Like, yeah. I'm not doing anything, you know, I'm just, I'm just know, here. <laughs> I'm surviving, honestly, like what, what, what's there to admire about that? But and you're right about that difficulty taking the, those compliments and also that yeah we are chingonas and chingones uh we we have accomplished so much just by surviving you know given the the situation that we are put in um it's yeah it's it's just a great great accomplishment like you said Jessica um, but yeah, you know, we today we're here to to celebrate you as well. Um, we do want to know a little bit about you, if you can tell the listeners anything that you want to share with them. Okay, so about me, um, you know, um, I do a lot, but I just like to say that I'm just a regular, schmegular, undocumented mujer. 
And I just, one day I just decided, todos me la pelan, voy a hacer lo que yo quiera. <laughs> That's what I decided. I was like, there's just so many rules out there, you know, people have expectations of everybody, you know, and we're all just like trying to survive, like, shut up, let me be, I'm going to do things my way. Uh, this is, you know, I started my business when I was 20. So um, it's been a long journey. And in that journey, I've done a lot of things. You know, I've been a community leader. Um, I've um, worked and um, I've done a lot for the community church that I used to be at. Um, and when I left that church, um, the way that they repaid me was not great. And I was like, I just don't ever want to be like that, you know, and I don't want to be that kind of person. I want to be kind and everything that I preached about while I was there, I want to live it. That's it. Like, I want to be this person that whenever you um, know me, whenever you get to know me, you wonder like, why is this person so nice to me? You know, yeah. where is this coming from? Like, why is she giving me everything with you know arms open you know why is she like being so genuine like I just want to be different that's it I just want to be myself and I don't care who who accepts me that's it that's that's the person that I am and uh what I do is um I'm a graphic designer I'm a business owner um I currently employ well not me my company um my current my company employs four, five with myself. Um, and I'm looking to expand, um, with King graphics. Um, also I am an advocate for undocumented, uh, people and I mentor people in business who have an undocumented status. Uh, you guys don't see a lot of it in Instagram, but on Facebook, um, like people who are Spanish speakers, uh, reach out to me a mí me gusta mucho hablar en español porque es mi primer idioma y siento que, no sé, que es, un, que es algo como más, se habla como con más pasión, ¿no? Aparte de que cuando estaba en la iglesia, yo hablaba en español todo el tiempo, predicaba en español, hacía planes en español, mi liderazgo fue en español. Entonces, uh, hay una conexión bien especial con el idioma español, aunque es el, es el idioma de nuestros colonizadores. Pero, este, no, pues, pues, chichimeca, tolteca, todos esos uh, lenguajes, pues, no lo sé, ¿verdad? Que me encantaría, pero. Sí. Pero, nos vamos decolonizando poquito a poco. Poco a poquito. <risa> sí, Jessica es como, me, 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 no sé si, si, si las personas escuchando saben quién es Juan Camanei, pero Jessica es como Juan Camanei, tiene King's Graphic, tiene, uh, su negocio, she's a, she's a mentor, um, patina, um, que se hace, hace de todo. Y Toma fotos. Toma fotos. Ok, entonces acabo de decir, pues entonces, lo que hago. Pues hago eso, tengo mi negocio, este, tomo fotografía también, fotografía. Eh, hago redición de fotos, ahorita no mucho porque no tengo mucho tiempo. Este, también... Um, tengo mucha experiencia haciendo planeación de eventos, de eventos este, sociales, así como fiestas, todo eso. Uh, hemos sido caterers también con mi mamá, vendiendo tacos en la calle y en las fiestas. 
Este, también tengo a uh, una línea de, comenzó siendo, bueno, es un CEO, ¿verdad? Comenzó siendo una tiendita en línea que precisamente uh, the pandemic hit, so we just like, we kind of put it on hold, but it's coming back. I also, um, I also have um, land, terrenos, en México that I'm buying and that's like investment. So I invest in, uh, in land and um, I'm also importing things like uh, hechas por artesanos in Mexico. And we are starting a brand with my brother. That was kind of on hold too, because there was like a lot of issues with importing import export for a while. And right now we are trying to figure out uh, a system that's more effective. You know, so we are working on that as well. But yeah, like I, I do, I sometimes I feel like I do more than I can. I chew, I chew more than I can swallow. <laughs> But I mean, we're, we're there. Like I'm the type of person que no puede estar quieta. Mm -hmm. I told my husband, uh, I'm going to stop working and you're going to su uh, support me. And he's like, really, you can't do that. He's like, you can't do and you're like, oh, no, this is not for me. Back to work. <laughs> He's like, no, you stay home one week. You're going to have like five business ideas and you're going to want to come back to work. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. So maybe not a good idea. <laughs> so all of these things that you do, I don't know if you've thought about this, but haces todas estas cosas because you're passionate about them or because you want to stay busy to not think about the shit that's going on in the world, your life, and everything else. I've noticed that cuando yo tengo un poquito menos de cosas que hacer, empiezo a pensar, you know, sobre mi existencia y demás, and I'm like, oh shit. And then when I start getting busy, that's when I feel like my life is put together, because at least I'm able to see what I'm accomplishing. I have this, I'm able to organize events, but I'm not able to organize my thoughts sometimes or my feelings. So nomás lo pongo ahí para ti, para You todo. know something, you know, know something, Mayra. <laughs> okay, so Mayra, you, um, you might not remember this, but you're a big part of my beginning of my healing journey, okay? Um, I talked to you about over yeah. a year ago, I think. <clears throat> Miren, um, dejen, dejen, perdón por interrumpirte, pero déjenles digo a todos de que yo conocí a Jessica en un evento, just a random ass event that I was facilitating at the very beginning of my um, professional career, I guess, uh, after I graduated. Y dije yo así como, oh my God, I'm the CEO, it's a part of this event. Yeah, yo toda fangirling. Um, and then we met, we met because you needed to talk about some stuff. And I was like, see, sí, Simone. And the thing is, I don't, like, I don't, I like to give people information, what I know, what I know, however I can guide them. I'm not able to connect with them and provide them with therapy, but I have resources. I Maybe what I say can help. And I remember that meeting. Um, just wanted to clarify, I do remember. <laughs> but yeah, it's been, it's been a long time. But I'm glad that you were, that even though it was just a one conversation, one-on-one -on -one conversation such a long time ago, that it was helpful. Yeah, um, you said something to me 
that in that moment, it just like, it's what I needed to hear. And I just want to bring that up because sometimes we don't realize how much of an impact we make on people's lives. And that day, uh, we were having a conversation, right? We were talking for a while and you you had to cut the conversation because you had something to do. Pero si no, ahí nos quedamos chismeando. Y yo estaba trabajando, mind you, ¿no? Agarré y dije, no, yo tengo que hablar con Mayra because just the way you said it, fangirl, but I was a fan of your work too because yo ya te estaba viendo. I was looking at the way that you were speaking, you know, the way that you were already like, que tenías esa hambre. And even though it was your beginning and my beginning and, you know, we were doing all these, um, we were trying to figure things out. Um, I like something attracted me to you. I was like, okay, porque estábamos en la, recuerdo que estábamos en la reunión and I was just like fixated on you. Like, okay, I, I, I have to, I have to listen to what she has to say. And you know, like those things que, que la gente te atrae. So tú me trajiste a mí, por eso hablé contigo, because I'm very like, on social media or whatever I share, whatever I put out there, I'm very open about. But in reality, like, I have to be sure that I want to be open about it to be able to actually like be genuine because no me gusta ser hipócrita. No me gusta dar superficialidades. Entonces, por eso, por eso es muy poca la gente con la que me relaciono. So um, that day that we were talking about my trauma, you know, and that I was sharing with you that I needed help with these things. Um, you said something to me that stuck. Um, I said, um, I'm broken for some reason. <laughs> I don't remember what we're talking, what we're talking about exactly, but I said, I'm broken. I guess I'm just broken or something like that. Mm. And you said, you're not broken. You're healing. Yeah. And to me, that was like, <laughs> mine <has> stop. <laughs> I'm feeling like I'm such a failure. I'm broken. You know, I'm devastated with my life right now, even though I'm seeing all these accomplishments and I'm, you know, I'm just doing all these things and I'm looking at my bank accounts and, you know, there's actual money in there. <laughs> and like, I'm so excited about all these things that I'm doing, but I'm yeah. feeling broken. And you're like, you're healing. And I'm like, yes. Yeah. I'm, yes, yeah. I'm so yeah. glad that pendejadas, <laughs> something good happens. Mara <laughs> always has like the, um, I guess the right words to say, like, even myself, you know, like I go to her and ask her like, hey, this is what I'm experiencing, right? And she'll be like, actually, right? And she'll ask questions. So she'll find ways for me to like rephrase certain things that I'm saying that are like I guess you can say somewhat negative about myself so mm -hmm. shout out to Myra for you know doing that because sometimes we need that like we need that person that is going to ask us certain questions for us to be like así verdad no no estoy quebrada no estoy tan jodida <laughs> <laughs> but I uh, know um but Jessica I do want to ask why did you create your business? I know you have a lot of businesses, right? Um, but maybe one of them. But at 20, at 20. Yes. Yo con trabajos me podía limpiar la cola, como dice mi mamá, at 20. And is it creating a business at 20? And I know that a lot of people are like thinking about and talking about independent contracting and businesses and you know like all these 
business related stuff in the undocumented world, or at least that's when I'm realizing about this, or it's becoming more of a thing, thanks to social media. Um, and more people coming out with their status, um, feeling empowered by sharing about their status. Um, but I mean, 12 years ago, there wasn't a lot of this. So how did this come about? Like, like, how did you decide, okay, um, this is the thing, I can do it. Si se puede, como no? Y a ver como busco la manera, I don't know. How, how did that all how did that happen? Started? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yo, soy, yo soy una mujer de muchos dichos. Siempre estoy copilando dichos de aquí y de allá. Este, tengo uno que um, me gusta decir que es mío. No sé si alguien más lo dijo antes. Pero este, dice, cuando creer es todo lo que tienes, te das cuenta que lo tienes todo. Mm. Tuve que creer en mí misma. Um, I experienced homelessness. I experienced no friends. I experienced no parents. I was neglected by my parents. Uh, but I saw them. And one thing that I really admired about my dad and in the at the time I didn't know that I was admiring that from him mm -hmm. is that he took no shit from no one he had his own business and to him it was like his business was his everything when I was growing up um when he left us in Mexico he came here he started his business mm -hmm. he didn't come be an employee to no one he struggled uh he you know He struggled a, lo a lot, like, um, like, me hice muchas historias of when he came by himself and um, he was just alone. He only had uh, his mom, but his mom was like working and he, you know, he had to be by himself um, try figuring out, you know, the whole immigration uh, thing. And, uh, but he started his business. Then he went back to Mexico and he continued his business over there. He's a mechanic. He opened up a shop. Se regresa para acá, abre su taller. And um, I'm wondering why, like, if he's struggling so much to, you know, doing all these things, he never has time for us because his shop is his priority. His work is his priority. Like, what makes him be in that business? You know, I was young. I was like maybe 13, 14 when I was just like thinking about those things. And uh, he said something that stuck. He said, siempre voy a ser mi propio jefe porque no me gusta andar poniendo cara de palo. <laughs> Plain as that. Like, no le gusta andar pidiendo permisos, <laughs> give me a raise, no, none of that. And I was like, yo no quiero cara de palo. Yo no quiero, no quiero tener cara, cara de palo. I want a business. So that was my, my, it became a core value to me mm -hmm. that, I just had to be a business owner, you know, and even though my relationship with my dad is not great, yeah. um, I love that man, but you know, there's things there. De lejitos. Um, <laughs> <huh>? de lejitos. <laughs> de lejitos. Like, I love that man, pero de lejitos. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Lo, lo quiero, pero alejadito. Sí. Este, so yeah, he was an inspiration to me to like, just really um, always want to be a business owner. And then uh, I started working when I was 15. So I started to understand more of what he meant by poner cara de palo. They were always, you know, me estaban llamando la atención porque siempre andaba bailando yo. 
Soy muy alegre. I'm, I, we, I used to always be dancing. I was in dance uh, company in high school. Okay. And um, siempre andaba por aquí, por allá y bailando, you know, practicing my ballet and my jazz and my everything. Cumbias, ponía cumbias en la radio y en, este, en el speaker del, de la tienda because it was a store. And we were supposed to like only play certain radio stations. Yo ponía cumbias. Boring ones. <laughs> right. Yeah. Y, y, este, y ponía cumbias y me regañaban. Mm -hmm. And then like I would wear something too tight y me regañaban. Entonces por todo me regañaban. Cambiaba los maniquís en el día que no les tocaba, me regañaban por todo. And I was like, aquí no se puede hacer nada divertido. <laughs> I'm going to have my own fashion store. So I started wanting to have a fashion store. So, um, and I wanted to be a, a fashion designer. I wanted to be a psychologist. I wanted to be this and that, you know, and I just wanted to be everything. But the thing that I kept doing throughout all of that, you know, wanting to, to be, or like trying to decide a career path, um, I kept drawing. Mm. Yeah. Empecé a dibujar, empecé a tomar fotos, y eso lo empecé a hacer desde, since I was like 13, uh -huh. de las fotos. Pero desde que tengo uso de razón, siempre he dibujado, siempre, siempre dibujado. So when I was like in my rebel years, 15, 16, I was tagging. Estaba haciendo graffiti en la Ay, calle. Yes. <laughs> Como loca, pantalones rotos, así, toda greñuda, eh, <laughs> mi maquillaje de chola, my big old hoops, you know, my spiky hair. <laughs> the spiky hair was was the thing when when I was in 15, 16, todos los amiguitos, amiguitas tenían with the spiky hair, um, pantalones aguados. Yo uh, andaba peinada de la mida de vaca, así mira. Ah, también. Oh, okay. No, pero de un lado, de lado así, la okay. mida de vaca. <laughs> With the, with the big old hoops, uh, pantalones hasta abajo, hasta la cadera. Sí, sí, que casi se veía el uyuyuy. Te veía todo ahí, te agachabas y... A eso sí. My, my si te agachabas y no se te veía la rodillita de canela, no, no estaban bien esos pantalones, necesitabas más abajo. Más abajo, más abajo, un poquito para abajo. Hey, but that, um, I guess you can say that chola aesthetic not not a lot of people can really rock it so that's true I, i'm really glad that it's it's a part of us right because yeah it's it's part of who we are of us growing up and it even though we laugh now it's it's something beautiful that we got to yes. to create right yeah. um and i know jessica you mentioned a lot like some challenges that or that you've had to overcome and um throughout the process but it, what is one that you know you're like este este me me ha dado duro um and what advice would you give someone that is going through something similar que me ha dado que me ha dado duro muchos i, I mean I, i'm sure yes uh, like todos <laughs> yeah but um i would say uh, sexual abuse and um parentification and uh well just uh lacking my parents uh love when I needed it that that has been challenging because uh now that I'm a mom I have two kids 
They're both boys. And I am always with them. Siempre están conmigo. They get out of school. We go get them. I keep them here at my shop. And, you know, they do their homework. Um, I'm always making sure that they're well fed, you know, because I feed them uh, with the help of my mom because she works here uh, too. And I make sure that they do their homework. Uh, whenever their teachers like text me or, you know, they tell me that my kid is missing this and this homework, uh, I make sure that they complete it and I help them, you know, and I try to always be there with them and for them. And it shows in the way that they can come to me and they can talk to me about anything. Like they come up to me and they tell me the stupidest things. And I'm just like, see, sí, puppy. Oh, okay. You know, I, I go along with it. Oh, me, me hablan de niñas. And I'm just like, oh, okay. Even though like my, the, the mom inside me is like, oh, no niñas. <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, um, I have to listen to them because I didn't, I didn't have that growing up <clears throat> and also, um, believe them like whatever happens to them. Um, believe them. I know that, um, sometimes kids lie, you know, or they, they, you know, and su imaginación se inventan cosas, and then they come and they tell you, like, they blow things out of proportion, but I believe them, and if they tell me that something happened to them at school, I go to their school, and I talk to the teachers, and I talk to whoever I need to talk to, y este, y ya luego, como, por ejemplo, hubo un caso de when my, my oldest was in, like, fifth grade, and I went to their his school, <clears throat> and the the vice principal tried to play it like it's not a big deal, and I told him it is a big deal because we're talking about my son, and that is my son, and I am his mother, and I am the only advocate that he has, and my only job is to believe him, and you know do whatever I need to do uh, so he feels supported, and he was just like okay. Uh, then uh, in that case, you know, we can do this or we can do that. And that's when he started giving us options. Pero primero, uh, this guy had disregarded my kid's uh, requests for um, action to be done on his uh, behalf, behalf, porque era un niño que le estaba, le estaba acosando. Mm -hmm. So um, the guy took it as like, it's not a big deal. You're a boy. He's a boy. Like boys will be boys. Like that's stupid. Mm -hmm. I said, no, 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 not, not with my child. Mm -hmm. And, um, so, you know, he felt, he felt very supported. And, um, I mean, people <clears throat> in institutions, uh, mm -hmm. will go on, you know, with protocol or whatever. Yeah. And they will just put kids feelings aside. And my job is to protect my kids because I didn't have that. Nobody protected me. Yeah. I went through um, sexual abuse um, by a person that was in my family. And to this day, my dad has not addressed it. Uh, one day I came home and he was with my abuser um, having some chelas. So that has been hard. And um, my mom and my dad just uh, recently separated. Um, they finally got a divorce and I'm celebrating that woman because she finally left them. But um, that has been hard. Like family issues um, have been the hardest porque uh, yo le atribuyo a todo eso, esta persona que yo me creé, que dije, 
I get no fucks. Soy una chingona. Voy a hacer todo lo que tenga que hacer, you know. I didn't have it good, but I'm not going to like lock myself up in a room and cry about it. I'm going to go out there. I'm going to beat some ass, you know. I'm going to make that money because I don't ever, ever want to be homeless again. I don't ever have to want to, you know, borrow money from someone because I can't pay my rent. I don't want to do that. You know, that I, that's what I experienced with my parents. You know, all that I can do is like learn from that. Yeah. You think I'm, I'm sorry that you had to go through that. And unfortunately, in a lot of our families, that shit happens and it's fucked up. I, I, I cannot think of another word, but fucked up when those people that are supposed to be protecting us are not doing the, that job that they are supposed to have and that I see you talking about how you're protecting your own and how you're breaking those generational cycles by by being there for them by always believing them what advice would you have for those that went through those situations whether it'll be sexual assault um, parentification homelessness what advice would you give for them um i think it's different issues um so for sexual assault um i'd like to tell them you're not alone seek help that's it seek help talk to someone that you trust let it out you know if you hold it in it becomes heavy like a rock you know and you don't want to be carrying a big ass rock around you know when you could be free just be free you know and uh, for someone experiencing homelessness, um, it's more common than you think. Uh, most uh, families, more, most individuals uh, in the United States uh, are one paycheck away from becoming homeless. Mm-hmm. And um, the economy is shit. So create your own. Don't rely on government handouts and um, try to leverage, leverage the heck out of this um, capitalist society. Um, and for, what was the other one? Uh, parentification. Parentification. I think that to me, that's been the hardest on myself because I'm constantly feeling like I have to be the example. I have to be the big sister. I have to be the protector. And sometimes I like that for myself. I like that for my, for, for, for me. Like I, I don't take care of me enough. You know, I'm always taking care of my mom, my brother, my sister, uh, people around me, my kids, you know, and my kids, it's okay because I'm, I'm a parent to my kids, but not to my husband. And um, I, I have tried being a parent to my husband. That does not work out. Don't be parent <laughs> to your husband. But it's like, oh my God. But it's not your job, girl. It's not your job. That is true. <laughs> that is not that is not your job that is true and that's not something that you need to take care of or carry <laughs> i'm gonna show you something, show you something okay okay <laughs> okay <laughs> that's just one one mueble but i mean it's cool looking but i understand <laughs> okay they're all um marble figure collectibles and he started collecting um, 
I want to say like about a year and a half to two years ago. And um, I just, I love to see how he's like being in touch with his inner child. Yes. That's so there's healing. There's that's healing right there. And, you know, I'm satisfied and I didn't have to make them. Surprisingly, huh? <laughs> I thought I had to make him, you know, like, oh, become in touch with your inner child. You know, you went through so yeah. much, you know, you have to no, it's Yeah, I know that um, you mentioned how you learned a lot from your dad without even him teaching you, which is something that you learned. What are some things that you think your kids are learning from you that maybe you're not intentionally teaching them? Maybe you're not saying, hey, you, when you grow up, you need to create your own business or you need to do this or you need to do that. But what do you think your kids see in you? Okay, so my my oldest um, is 14. He's an artist. Um, mm -hmm. He draws. Um, él compone on the spot, you know, writing. He's, his strength is like writing and drawing. And uh, he doesn't do really great at math. And I'm just like, oh. but it's okay, I guess. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you won't use a lot of numbers. But like all those um things that we learn in like calculus and things like that, I'm like, you don't need those. Yeah, <laughs> you don't need to find the value of X, you need to find the value of yourself within you, yes. right? <laughs> I mean, unless if you're really good at math and you're listening, and of course you're gonna tell us that you're gonna use it. Depending on, on you, what you want to do, of course, if you want to be, I don't know, a chemist or um, mathematician, an engineer. Okay, we that is true. That's respectable. And that's where the money at. Yeah. I, if your I, passion I, is following that, not just, you know, like you could be really good at math, but if you really hate it and your passion is not in that career, or that area, then it's going to be useless. So I think it's really good when you fuse your passion with what you're good at. And that's really going to make things a lot smoother when, when, it, when it's time to make that money, I think. Yeah, yeah. I use math to count bills. My my little one, uh, he's um, he has started so many businesses, and he says he gets bored and he just stops. Pero ha vendido dulces, ha vendido sus dibujos. Right now, he's into like creating stickers because he wants like an actual website where people can buy the, his stickers. Nice, uh, huh? Nice. That's really awesome. No, just like. You, you do realize that that's an investment, right? And he's like, <laughs> yeah, but you got the money. And I'm like, <laughs> but do I want to invest? No, and this is, this is a real conversation that we had. And I said, but do I want to invest? And he's like, I don't know, do you, do you love your baby? And I'm like, it's not about love, it's about business. So you need to present, present a business plan to me, yeah. convince me that I have to, that I, it, it's a good business, you know, that it's a good investment. And then we will talk about it. He's like, bet. He 
se puso a hacer sus planes según él. And he's like, yeah, this is going to be the price of my stickers. And like within two months, we're going to have this much money. And I'm like, okay, okay. Then um, in that case, tienes que hacerme más dibujos. We need to clean them up. We need to make them into stickers. He's like, all right, bet. Like, no, no ha seguido dibujando tan seguido porque tiene muchos trabajos atrasados. Yeah. And, you know, his school is taking time away from his business. That's what he says. <laughs> But I know he'll come back to it because that's just, you know, that's how he is. Like, si se le mete una idea, le sigue, le sigue. And he's like, he likes, the, he likes business. That's the whole shark tank that you're doing. I know. And I love that. You know, um, a lot of times when we have parents in the podcast, I'm like, that's fucking awesome. Like, I hear all the amazing things that y'all are doing, and I'm like, fuck yeah. You but know, then you I want hear, kid. But then I hear all kid. of the experiences, <laughs> right, that y'all had to like go through, and I'm like, por eso es que no quiero hijos, right? Because I'm always like talking about like how I don't want to be a parent myself. Um, and it's because of that, because it's this mundo cruel. Like this world, it's so fucking screwed over. Um, I mean, I'm not saying that like mi mundo, right? Because I, mi mundo is like full of good, kind people. Um, but then the world outside of mine is is fail and so for me it's like I think about that and I'm like I know <laughs> like I don't think I have the energy to um to be an advocate for a little human like I'm tired <laughs> I'm 30 yeah. and I'm tired already like Yahweh <laughs> yeah, you know? so, so I'll take on the responsibility of like protecting others but I, I really do appreciate everything that you've shared with us, like, so openly. Like, as we were talking, I'm, like, sitting here con un nudo en la garganta because I'm, like, no manches, like, like how, how can you, like, you know, lo puede hablar con tanto uh, coraje, like, pero coraje in a good sense, like, yeah, like, pase por esto, and, like, you know, um, here's my advice, and this is how I'm still healing, and it's just, like, right um like I yeah it's a, a lot that's going through my mind I'm like I this meal um as you're talking but um right now you're mentioning you know your kids and like how you're doing like shark tank with them and having them create their business plan so thinking about other undocu folks who um are trying to start a business right but they hold back because um it's fucking scary to do that uh what advice would you give them if any um so i'm very like i don't like to just give out advice me gusta que cuando me pregunten algo i have the answer for them uh, but if i had to encourage a person who is struggling with like starting their business because it's scary because they're just scared i would say to them uh It's scary to drive on the freeway, but you do it anyway because you need to. If this dream of yours of having a business is so loud in your head, it becomes a need. So just do it, you know. Find your uh your your crowd, find your tribe. 
and go to them, ask them questions, you know, rely on them. Because a lot of us were scared at some point and we still are. Honestly, I'm still scared. Todos los días. Viniendo de, de, de la casa to my, to my shop, sometimes I get these thoughts, you know, what if something happens to my kid? What if something happens to my business? What if we, we get into an accident? You know, people drive like crazy here in Fontana. Like if, if I leave my house by 7.10, I'm good. Like I'm on time. But at 7.15, it's packed. And there's like two, three accidents on the freeway. So we could die any day, you know? And I feel like life is about taking risks. I like going on adventures. I like hiking. You know, I could fall. I fell last year. Casi me mato. But I could fall and die while hiking. You know, I could go to the lake, dive, die. Te puede pasar de todo. Just do it. Just fucking do it. That's what I would tell them. I'm here for you. Like, if you have a question about business, you're undocumented and you're listening, uh, I'm here for you. Ask me whatever the heck you want. Like, how to pay less taxes? How do I stash more cash? Yes, I love that question. I'll answer that question. <laughs> so, our next question is How do you stash more cash? <laughs> Al rato te digo. Um, te digo en los DMs. Yes, something that I wanted to highlight is that uh, social media is not real life. And I just want people to know that. The following doesn't reflect what people actually know, what people actually do. Someone can get, I don't know, 20,000 followers and they may not know much. Um, there's so much that happens outside of social media that we need to realize that. For example, a lot of people may follow you just on, on DocuCEO. I love when that you see you, um, but that's just the one small part of you, a small part of your business is a small part of your knowledge. You like you've talked about today, you started a business at 20, more than 12 years ago. You know a lot about finances. You're already teaching your children about business plan. You have a a community on Facebook where you're mentoring others you know like all these things about freaking taxes that a lot of us don't know I, I, I don't know mm-hmm. um, I'm still learning of course and there's so many things that that we're gonna continue to learn and grow yeah but just just throwing it out there really it's not about how much content people put out there um And I have to say that it's usually the people that are very busy with other areas of their lives that don't have really the time to put content unless they get money from putting content out there. Um, And I think it's important for people to know. Um, But as you're talking about all these things, Jessica, do you ever feel unmotivated? And when you do, because I can't say if we all feel unmotivated at times. What do you do to either take care of yourself or get out of that funk? So um, I am officially diagnosed as 
anxiety. I'm, I'm anxious. Tengo ansiedad. <laughs> Tengo PTSD. Y I have to always um, self-regulate. I drink plenty of water. I take hemp gummies. Uh, yes. Girl, what you doing right now? <laughs> Yo no tengo agua aquí. I need to. <laughs> Yes, so I drink three liters of three to four liters of water every day. And um, I, I do that. I work out because if I don't, I will like be all crazy. You know, my mind goes places. So I have to let that energy out. Yeah. And um, I also um, breathe. Ha sido lo más difícil para mí. You would think we breathe since we're born, right? So what's so hard about that? But no, like actually taking the time to do breathing exercises. That is hard. I also, um, I write, I journal. Um, I told my husband that I'm, I'm going to, one of my goals is to put out a, um, a memoir because I have just so much writing that I have to put it in a book. Um, and that's just like a need that I feel like I have to put out, uh, put out a memoir. And uh, at some point, you know, algún día, cuando sea famosa, lo voy a vender. Yes, them. Y uh, what I do is like just uh, self-regulate on a daily basis. And I, I think, and I'm sorry for saying this. Uh, I know a lot of people are like motivation, motivation, motivation. I, and I used to be like that. But now I believe that motivation is like, it's unicorn shit. Like, no se encuentra que es, donde está. Like, tengo una analogía, okay? This is an analogy. Uh, you can quote me on this because I think I invented it, okay? Maybe someone else did. I heard it somewhere and I just repeated it. But you can quote me on it. Like, you're free to quote me on it. Sounds good. Motivation is like a bouquet of roses, right? You go to the store, you buy it, you take it home, you put it in a, in a nice vase, you put water on it, you know. But eventually it dies. What do you do? You can either go to the store and buy another bouquet do the same, put it on a base, put some water on it, let it die. Or you can just not ever buy flowers again because they die anyway, right? But propósito, purpose, in the other hand, is like a rose, es como un rosal, right? Lo plantas en la tierra, you water it every day. Aunque las flores se sequen, vuelven a nacer por sí mismas because you're watering it every day. You cannot do that with a rose bouquet, right? Entonces, esa es mi mentalidad de todos los días. What do I need to accomplish? Okay, let's make a plan. Mm -hmm. Not, do I feel motivated? Oh, no, like I'm lacking energy. I'm not a morning person, yeah. but I wake up in the morning anyway, because I need to, you know, like, just like purpose. Find purpose in life. Make a goal. Based on that goal, make a plan. If you need to make smaller plans, Make those smaller plans and go one step at a time, you know. Un pie, después del otro, después del... Así cruzamos la frontera, ¿verdad? Caminando un pie, después del otro, después del otro, después del otro. So why not just, like, make the best out of every step that we take? Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I really like that. Aunque te digo que a mí hasta los suculentos se me mueren. Mi aloe vera oh, no. se me murió. But I mean, <laughs> I think I watered it too much. Mine are dry right but, now. Yes, but uh, I, I like that. I, I mean, um, I like that some people do see it as, you know what? Yo escuché a una persona que dio un, um, I don't know if it's a speech or just a message, que dice, hazlo con hueva. Pero hazlo. No importa. ¿Sabes que tienes hueva de hacer eso? No hay pedo, güey. Levántate y hazlo. No, no esperes a que tengas esa energía, esa motivación, esa... Ay, déjame hacerlo. No, no hay pedo. Tú hazlo con hueva. No importa. No necesitas tener um, esa energía. No necesitas estar de buen humor. No necesitas ese ánimo. Um, a veces simplemente no lo vas a tener. No hay pedo. Tú hazlo con hueva. Pero hazlo. Se me quedó pegado. And I'm like, you know what? Yeah. So, so it's, I think it's sometimes hard still. It's, it's, it might be difficult um, to get into that. Or guys to reframe those thoughts or to, to, because everybody's always, you know, telling us about motivation, about energy, about, you know, haz las cosas bien, si no, no las hagas. And it's like, no, a veces no se necesitan hacerla bien, a veces solamente se necesitan hacer. No necesitas vivir una vida super wow. Lo único que necesitas es vivir la vida, vivir tu vida. Como sea que, se, que sea, um, yes. que tú la quieras vivir um, sin, sin querer compararte con, con otras personas. I love that porque yo siempre... Siempre cargo flojera, hueva. <laughs> la, la gente me pregunta, ¿cómo estás? Y yo, ¿qué está? Pero aquí ando. <laughs> And like, sometimes a cualquier hora del raro. día. <laughs> It happens to me que la gente me como cansada. And I'm like, no, pues sí, estoy cansada. Es la neta. Pero pues aquí estamos trabajando ¿da? y haciendo lo que tenemos que hacer. Algo que también hay que recalcar es que a veces la gente piensa, pues estás sentado todo el día, ¿de qué estás cansada? Yo sé que generaciones anteriores sobre todo esperan que hagamos trabajo físico para poder estar cansados, um, pero la mente nos cansa, la mente... Sí. ¡Chinga más! La mente siempre está siempre trabajando, siempre trabajando, um, que a veces es eso lo que me cansa, a veces es cansancio mental y pues... Uh -huh. Uh, es válido <laughs> también. Claro. Duele, duele más. No, pero um, Jessica, as we're getting close to an end, I do want to ask, what is something that makes you happy? Something that makes me happy. Mm, it would be uh, time off. Like uh, right now, my happy place is in my mind is last year. Uh, we went to Mojave Lake. And it was, uh, llegamos like uh, 3 a.m., I think, to the lake. And we started setting up, porque nos gusta mucho acampar. Okay. Este, we, we set up y vimos el sol salir. There was no one in el, in el shore. So we had the, the, the beach, you can call it a beach, I guess, to ourselves. Just seeing my kids so happy and running freely, you know, inflating their little boats and their toys, you know, organizing that. I made breakfast for everybody. My husband was just so in his nature. Like, that makes me happy to see them happy. And like, we need no one else around us. You know, we depend on no one. It's just 
us, abrazándonos fuerte. Y that's what makes me happy, connections, like yeah. nature, connections, um, being alone with myself, you know, with my husband. I like to, I like to think that uh, because I used to fear being alone, I like to think that whenever I'm alone, I'm with myself and I'm in touch with myself and I have full conversations with myself about the things that I'm living through or that I experienced. Y me gusta, me gusta darme a mí una palabra de ánimo. And I like to do that for other people too. Like uh, women uh, who have struggled and they don't feel the confidence to like open up and, you know, talk about these things to other people. Uh, whenever I connect with them, like they, they, they feel, you know, Uh, con la confianza de, de, abrir, de abrirse and I really enjoy that like me gusta dar, un, dar seguridad en una persona algo que yo no tuve pero ahora me llena me siento feliz de hacer eso de poder hacer eso de poder ser esa persona que puede ser um, support to someone else you know to be that safe space you know y, y por eso también lo, lo, lo hablo mucho. Digo, I'm here because I feel like this is a safe space, you know. Mayra, María, ustedes están haciendo un gran trabajo en proveer este espacio donde uno puede compartir y también puede sanar a través de sus propias historias y de la historia de ustedes. Sí, muchas gracias otra vez. Sí, antes de ir a lo de desertar, que es nuestra sección con la que terminamos generalmente uh, estos episodios, is there anything that maybe you haven't we haven't mentioned or we didn't ask that maybe you want to share with people out there listening? Um, I I just uh, want to tell everybody that um, they are more valuable and they are more loved and they are more just valuable than they they might realize you know that's that's it you know there's i feel i think people are beautiful uh, and um, especially our community we have gone through so much and we are getting crap every day you know we are being looked down at i do not like that shit but it is what it is but we are here for you you know Just be a community, be gentle to yourself and to others. Um, some people haven't had it as rough as you, but they're still struggling in here and in here. You know, just be gentle. I was listening to Sherrod's story last night. Um, I'm a fan of hers. Like that girl, I love her. Uh, ella es chiquita pero picosa. <laughs> y este... Uh, she she said that she's like I don't I don't respond to people like with comebacks because I just want to be gentle you know and they're learning and they're struggling and why am I going to you know reply with with a bad attitude or like with something that's not of value and I was like mm, girl yes <laughs> yes girl let's be gentle the heck out of to each other you know um so yeah that's that's just it you know and um We have trauma. We have like all these experiences that we went through and just connect. Um, 
I'm going to share something with you guys. I know you guys didn't um, ask me to bring props, but I brought them anyway. Um, Italy. So I'm going to show you this. It's a little shirt. It's so cute. Oh, pretty. I love the hair. Do you love it? Yes. Girly. And she has my attitude. Um, Does I'm she gonna... have uh, roller blades? Yes. Icaria <laughs> Chinito. And... Uh, it's the shirt I wore when I crossed the border. I wait. Oh. oh. With the hair tie I was wearing. Dang. Um, I kept that in a box because, you know, I'm a big feels girl. And um, also, <laughs> I want to show you something that's on, it's on my, on my, um, on my TikTok, the story of how this came to be. But I'm going to show you my favorite one. I have to take off her mask. And when I heard that episode of you guys talking about your Barbies, your Barbie dolls, <laughs> Maria, my Barbies, esta era mi favorita. Pero mira, I played with it a lot. <laughs> my mom, uh, she was able to get us um, our toys that we left behind when we migrated last year. And she gave them to us for um, El Dia de los Reyes. And um, that was just so special. You know, it was like, we, we weeped porque extrañamos nuestros juguetes muchísimo. She was able to, to, to do that for us. And that woman, like, you do not know how much, like, I love my mom. I admire her for like everything that she has done for us and how she, even though she has struggled so much, uh, she's always like looking for ways to make us feel better, you know, to baby us. She's always telling me, you're my baby, you know, and even though I didn't get that growing up, getting that now is so special. Porque cuando estábamos creciendo, she was going through depression big time you know and I was her parent sometimes and I was her only support sometimes um, because she would close up but now that she's healing too she's you know she's becoming an amazing parent and she's helping me heal too and um, I also got this this is the first book I owned can you guys tell Yes. Yeah. No, I don't know which book this is. El Principito. El Principito. <laughs> that was the first book I read. And um, lo, está todo partido because I think I was like nine or ten when I read it. And um, ya estaba despedazado. Pero mi parte favorita está aquí. So. Mi corazón. Um... When, when you showed us the shirt, I was like, oh, maybe, you know. I was like, it's a very 90s design. Or, <laughs> and I asked about the rollerblades because I know that you like to rollerblade. And uh, thank you for, for sharing that with us. I, I don't have what I brought, but as soon as you said it, my mind just went straight to the day that we crossed. I remember what I was wearing. I remember what my mom was wearing. Um, I think it's something that for a lot of us is going to stay forever in our minds. I want to ask you what's something that you would tell 
that little girl, little Yesenia. Yes, um, Jessica. <laughs> Jessica, me, me, es que siempre mi cabeza está. Sí, sí, sí. Pero Jessica, ¿qué, qué le dirías a esa Jessica cuando el día que se iba a venir o cuando llegó acá? Ay, yo no me quería venir. Yeah. Yo tampoco. <laughs> I wouldn't tell her everything's going to be okay because it yeah. wasn't. Yeah. I would just hug her. Yeah. And I've done that. I've done those sessions where I'm like just picturing myself at, you know, 12, 13, 14 years old. And I'm just like hugging myself and just crying and telling myself, baby, I'm here for you. Yeah. A veces es lo que necesitamos. That's all I needed. I needed, I needed hugs and I needed um, to be assured that I was loved and that I was going to be taken care of. I didn't have that, but now I do. I have me and I have my inner child. Yeah. I take care of my inner child. You know? yes. These clothes are new. I washed her hair. I combed it. I cleaned her. I put on, I put on because I love um, sneakers um, and I just I gave her new sneakers you know I put these things in boxes I have a treasure chest and I put my shit in there and I'm just like I'm gonna take care of this child <laughs> someone else neglected her but I'm gonna take care of her yeah and and that's that's what I do now El Principito está en español o en inglés en español. No, no sabía inglés en ese entonces. <risa> Me preguntaba si era el, el primer libro que leíste acá o el libro, el primer libro que leíste de siempre. Um, ya veo que fue de, de siempre. De siempre. Me encanta cómo, y a muchos de nosotros no sabemos cómo cuidar, cómo apapachar, cómo sanar um, a ese, siempre lo decimos en inglés, inner child, a ese niño o niña que, que, llevamos, uh -huh. que llevamos dentro. Me encanta como una de esas maneras es jugar con esas cosas, uh, juguetes que, que amábamos de pequeños, aunque algunos no los tengamos, los originales. Um, está bien ir a la tienda, Na, nadie dice que no, no puedes ir a comprarte una muñeca, jugar con él, una troquita, nadie dice que, que no puedes hoy día martes ir a la tienda y comprarte un pastel y ponerte la velita y cantarte a ti mismo y comerte tu pastelito. Um, hay muchas reglas en la sociedad, pero... Nadie dice que necesitamos seguirlas exactamente, que necesitamos esperar el día de nuestro cumpleaños, que necesitamos tener niños para poder jugar con, con esos juguetes. Muchas gracias. Eso amo los, los cumpleaños, porque mi mamá era de esas que nos despertaba en la, en la mañana, 7 de la mañana, con las mañanitas a todo volumen y un pastel que oh. ella hacía y... Y ese recuerdo me lo llevo siempre conmigo y por eso cuando son cumpleaños es de, deja comprar pastel aunque se me caiga, tengo esa mala suerte que se me caen los pasteles, pero aunque se me caiga, digo, voy a, voy a agarrar ese, ese pastel, pero te agradezco por, por habernos compartido estas cosas para los que no escucharon, así ah, quiero 
como explicar poquito lo que enseñaste rapidito. Um, Jessica nos enseñó una playera, camisa, se puede Se decir? me olvidó que es audio. <risa> sí, <risa> es una, una t-shirt. Lo, lo, lo trataremos de, de poner en nuestro Instagram. Ajá. Pero no, sí nos bien. enseñó... Um, para los que no tienen Instagram, ¿verdad? Nos enseñó una playerita um, pequeña que era verde con las mangas blancas, así como de las que se usaban en los noventas, con una monita que tenía dos chunguitos uh, con el pelo muy rizo um, y unos patines y la muñequita está vestida con su falda y su blusita um, roja y naranja con un corazón en medio. Um, so por eso pensamos, uh, you know, Mayra y yo, que era algo que diseñó Jessica porque era como su, you know, ella en versión uh, chiquita. <risa> Pero um, después fue cuando nos compartió que eso es lo que ella traía puesto. También nos enseñó uh, su liga de cabello, uh, una Barbie que tenía de ella desde chiquita, todo descuellado. <risa> Pero que todavía Ey, funciona. Si no tienen cuello, está saben bien, que... Está bien, todavía sí. funcionamos. Es, es la Barbie decapitada. Esa ya no sí. la venden en la tienda. Es un libro especial, más única. Edición especial. Sí, y también nos enseñó su, um, su libro del principito, que es algo que ella también tenía desde pequeña. Y por eso te, te damos las gracias por sacarnos las lágrimas por habernos sí. enseñado eso. Um, nos trajiste muchas, muchos recuerdos, creo, y uh, a mí, a Mayra, ¿no? no solamente a mí, yo también así como que, ¡ay, sí, güey! ¡Mis barbies! ¡Yo quiero mis barbies! No, pero, pero muchas, muchas gracias por, por enseñarnos eso y, y recordarnos que, que tenemos que cuidar y querer a ese, a esa, ese child que vive dentro de nosotros porque... Sí, sí está cabrón. <laughs> But um, to end on, on a lighter note, um, I'm going to ask you some this or that questions. So lo primero que se te venga a la mente, ¿ok? Piña en pizza, sí. Ah, sí. La debemos estar rotando ya porque ya quiere pelear conmigo. No, 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 no. Ay, no. Ok, empezamos. Um, coffee or tea? Mm, coffee. Yes. Do you believe in love at first sight? No. No. Okay. Do you believe in aliens? Yes. Okay. Pineapple goes on pizza. You already know the answer. <laughs> <laughs> Ahí va a haber pelea. <laughs> It's better to prioritize uh, relationships over your career. Yes. Okay. White concha is better than brown concha. <sighs> Sí, and I hate oh, it. Green concha right now, aquí. Green concha. ¿Qué es de matcha? Matcha. Sí, From Malebrijas Bakery. No. They're good. They're so They're good. Yeah. Um, yeah, no. Como cinco. Sorry, go. Novelas or chisme show? Híjolas, no me gusta ni una de las dos. No. The beach or the mountains? Mountain. Okay. Uh, rose or sunflower? Roses. Okay. Would you rather visit your ancestors in the past or meet your descendants in the future? Ancestors. Okay. Sci-fi or romance? Documentaries. Flirting <laughs> no. is cheating. 
No. Okay. <laughs> Eating out or frijoles en la casa? Frijoles en la casa. Okay. The book or the movie? Book. Going out or staying home? Home. Thank you. It depends. No, but thank you so much for everything that you shared. Um, I hope that our listeners are able to um, know that they can connect with you. And, you know, to end, where can our listeners find you? Uh, they can find me on Instagram, Facebook. And TikTok as at UndocuCEO. I'm also as Jessica Catalan on Facebook. And that's where I'm a part of like a lot of groups. And um, also I have my business pages. They are at Truck Lettering by KG on Instagram and Facebook and TikTok. And I have King Graphics ID on um on instagram and facebook we're gonna be adding all of those uh social media handles in our uh, on the comment section of the podcast where our episodes are as well as our social media okay thank, thank you. you for that thank you for having me thank you guys are amazing Maria, you have such a uh, big little sister energy and I love it. I, I love my little sister, but like, it's so cool because you're just like such a jefa. Pero yeah, cuando yeah. estás con Mayra, it's like, ¿verdad que sí, big sister? Like, you know, like. Yo soy la, la mayor, supuestamente, pero María es la que, de Wanda Lee, la <ríe> sí, me trae así, que yo nomás digo, sí, señora, sí, señora, y ya. That's good, and I'm, I feel I, I so blessed. I live up to my señora standards. Oh, yes. <ríe> Thank you all so much for tuning in to episode 11 of Undocu Chisme. We are so grateful for all of you to, for tuning in. Before we close off today, we do want to remind you all to please follow us, like us, leave us a review. Um, if you can on Apple Podcasts, if you listen on Spotify, please also give us a review. If there is any other platform that you think it's important for us to be on, please let us know. We did have Amazon uh, reach out to us uh, for us to kind of start using mm -hmm. Amazon podcast which is like yay it's exciting but at the same time it's um, like, Amazon, but how like scary <laughs> because it's um it's Amazon and we know sometimes Amazon does you know work with the enemy so um we will put in the in, on our Instagram a I guess you can say a Poll, um, to see how our listeners feel about us joining Amazon. I think it's really important for us to get your feedback. Um, but we are super grateful for all of the support that we have been receiving from you all. Um, I know we are close to a thousand followers. So I haven't said this to Myra. So maybe if Myra is cool with this, but if we hit a thousand followers, um, we can either do a giveaway or we can have an um, in-person chisme brunch. So, you know, a brunch with chismosos, chismosos, oh, chismosos. I think that would be a really good idea to get you all to um, help us get to a thousand followers on our Instagram and maybe hopefully a thousand listeners as well. Um, 
so Myra, I don't know if you have any last words. No, you can also go ahead and give us some ideas as to what the giveaway can look like. I am so looking forward to being in community with you all out there, whether it's virtually or in person. I know that there's some folks all over California and all over the US listening in. So that would be amazing. Um, even if it's virtual, in person could also be great. And yeah, please let us know about um, the Amazon um, situation. We want to be, we always want to keep our community in mind. A huge part of us is like, no, fuck that. Fuck Amazon, fuck what they're about. Uh, we know that they work with, um, as, as Maria said, with the enemy. So we just want to know if you would be okay with us being on Amazon as it could potentially expand to, to other people that have that resources resource available for them. And at the same time, we want to acknowledge that this is not about how many people we reach uh, because of fame. It's about how many people we reach because we really want to immortalize these stories and we want to reach to those 11 plus million undocumented individuals across the US and their families and their allies and people around them because it's important to, to highlight and it's important to uplift these stories. And with that, I hope Maria, I know I usually end up with the quote, but as we mentioned, we would like to share something that Maria wrote as a part of the undocu circles that were, that were hosted at CSUSB, um, more specifically the Undocumented Success Center. Take it away, Maria. Thank you. I think they still host them. So shout out to Paloma, well, Dr. Paloma Villegas. Um, I know she like allows me to call her Paloma, uh, but Dr. Paloma no, Villegas, Iguala, I'm not professor of, of sociology, who is also another badass who we hope to bring in the future. There's so many people, you, you know, we wish to interview, but um, she facilitates this uh, writing circles. And, you know, um, maybe in the future, she can also take them outside of CSUSB and bring them to the Inland Empire community and surrounding areas. Um, but this one, um, it, it this is what I wrote. It says, Calladita te ves más bonita. Our words of wisdom my, my mother and sister taught me when it came to my apa. My sister, however, didn't fully believe in that. One time, I stood strong in front of my apa. I told him how I felt about his lack of support for our education. I remember telling him I disliked how he supported his family back home. But us, Susijas, had to pay every penny back for the things we needed for school. He said I had no right to talk back, but I stood my ground. I got in front of him and felt my blood boil. He raised his hand. I could smell his pride. His pride. I, hit, I said, hit me. We locked eyes. Hit me. He raised his fist high. Hit me if you are man enough. All I heard was a slap across my face. I felt tears screaming, coming down my eyes, frustration running through my mind. After that, I knew calladita no mas. And with that, thank you for tuning in. This is Andaki Chisme. Thank you.